0: Justin Herbert and the Chargers have still not come to an agreement on a contract extension yet, but the great news for the offense is Justin Herbert will not be holding in at training camp. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. David, what do we got today? Well, we get
1: the amazing, wonderful news that Justin Herbert will not be doing a hold-in on training camp if he does not get a new contract. We also get to hear from Austin Eckler in his first comments after his contract situation, and we tell you about Derwin James making the most spectacular play
0: of the offseason. He definitely did, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised by it. But today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash lockdown NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. David, we did get the news from Justin Herbert's press conference, basically him saying that he's not planning on holding in, which is good for many different reasons, but I'd say at the forefront of that is just you're in a new offense, you want to get as many live reps as you can, and it seems like since he's been back and been cleared to kind of throw in the team drills and stuff, they've basically given him all the reps, according to Daniel Popper from The Athletic and everyone covering it, right? Like 25 yeah. out of 30 reps, things like that. Like So they're trying to get him up to speed as quickly as possible, but it was nice to hear in his own words, David, him talking about being there for his team and really just not doing that.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not really a surprise at all to to hear Justin Herbert say this, but he said... You know uh, about not being there or, or staging a hold and he said that would put you a quite uh, a quite in, into quite the deficit i think we've done a great job of picking up the offense and doing exactly what kellen has asked us to do when it comes time for camp the role of the quarterback is to be out there for his team and do everything he can to put his team in position to win i understand that responsibility it's something that you'll address when the time comes but we will see That, to me, Daniel, sounds like a guy that has not even really contemplated doing a hold-in. I just never thought that that was something that would take place. I mean, and uh, me and you were talking before the show started. If it was up to Justin Herbert, Daniel, Justin Herbert would not be doing anything like this. Yeah, of course. That's just not his style.
0: No, not at all. But, like, we also talked about before the show, like, if Justin Herbert had his way, he'd probably take, like, a $5 million per season contract and just try to pay everyone else, right? Because he's constantly yeah. just deferring all of the credit to everyone else. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I really deserve $50 million a year. Let's give, <laughs> you know, 25 to the offensive line and $10 to Austin Eckler, right? He probably would actually do that if he could. He probably would. But the problem is he has an agency. And I think the other problem is you'll see, you know, we'll see at the end. I guess we will see. Right. And I yeah. think that's the part that I guess would leave some people a little bit uneasy. That's the part of this that all the, you know, national media clickbait sites Ugh. ran with with it, was just the we'll see, basically making it seem like he would have a hold in. He acted like he was surprised or hadn't heard about it. It'd be surprising to me if him and the agency hadn't already talked through what the plan is going to be during training camp. But that's the only thing that can get in the way of of this, right? Because this is the reason Justin Herbert would hold a hold in, right? I'm not going to go out there and risk the body before I get a, you know, $300 million contract, which I totally get, right? Like, I do think, though, with him specifically, it's like, if Justin Herbert, you know, went out and tore his ACL, in training camp, right? He's still going to get an ins- an insane contract like that. There's almost nothing that could happen to him that would stop him from getting that contract at this point. Right. Which we're knocking on think, wood
1: here, by the way. Of yeah, course, I knocked on wood,
0: wood. Of course, but like what I'm saying is, is for other people, like it could yeah. dramatically affect. Like obviously, if you oh, got yeah. something where you could never throw again, yeah, that changes everything. Of but course, he should be able to be fine during training camp doing everything he's normally doing with a very reasonable risk level of, okay, you're still going to get that contract no matter what. He's the only thing that could get in the way of this is the agency that represents him saying, hey, we get a big chunk of that money that you're going to get paid to. You're yeah. not putting that golden arm out there until we get something signed on the dotted line. But the other thing is, if it's up to him, yes, no matter what, he's going to be out there. We think pretty much no matter what, this is him saying he will be out there. But I think that it just it's good news because, hey, he needs to get going. He needs to be there. He needs to be getting the reps with not only Kellen Moore, but also Quentin Johnston. So that's why this yeah. is such good news, I think, for the Chargers offense.
1: Well, well, not only that, but you're moving a couple of pieces on your offensive line too. So, you, I mean, you want to get comfortable with the new set of five guys that are going to be blocking in front of you. And, yeah, you want to get those live reps in training camp. Like, the, you know, mini camp, OTAs, th- that's all good to set a very, very rough outline foundation of what the offense is going to be. You really start to hammer that home with that muscle memory and those reps in training camp when you got the pads on and you're the one that's orchestrating that offense getting in live reps against a defense that's trying to actively stop you so it is very very important that justin herbert is there participating because hey this is another new offense that he's going to have to to master so any time away from that any distraction from that purpose is going to be a detriment to the progress of this team
0: and it is just one less distraction, right? With this yeah. and Austin Eck, we're getting you know, his incentives and his contract. I think we've crossed both the guys off the list that could yes. potentially hold out going into training camp and be a distraction to the team. The other big part of this is the deal still going to get done, right? Yeah. Like The deal is probably going to get done on the eve of training camp, as it seems to always with the Chargers' big contracts. <laughs> Joe Burrow also hasn't signed his to this yes. point as well. The deal is going to get done. So I think that's the, the. Whereas, you know, a lot of people who are holding in or holding out and just not showing up at all, they're not sure if the deal is going to get done. Right. Justin Herbert, did we know the deal is going to get done? I think this is a non story as far as him actually having a hold in, but definitely good news for the Chargers offense that he isn't holding in because I yes. don't think. It's in his DNA to do it. He'd probably just be like itching himself to death. On the no, sideline. this How this
1: was he... a, you got to remember people. This was a guy that literally wanted to be the Chargers quarterback when he was a child, when he Absolutely. was nine years old, he loves this organization. He wants, he's living his dream. He is living his dream, getting to play quarterback, not even just in the NFL but your favorite team that you grew up rooting for. So, like, yeah. you got to fa- – I mean, that part of it is definitely there. He loves the Chargers.
0: Sure. And it just the only way it doesn't happen is if it's actually taken totally out of his hands. Yes, which I don't of see course. happening. But one thing that he did talk about as well when he confirmed that he probably wouldn't be holding in is what it was like to have a former quarterback as his new offensive coordinator. And we talked a lot about what he's done with Dallas, with Kellen Moore, and everything else. But I think that is something we haven't talked about very much is him actually – In there with not just, you know, Kellen Moore, but also Doug Neusmeyer, guys who have played quarterback at the highest level, right, collegiately, made the NFL, kind of made the cut, even if they were backup sort of thing. Like that is, I think, a very valuable commodity, right, that Kellen Moore is also bringing to the table as well as everything else.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's just great for him because, like, for for Justin and for Kellen, like, you understand that Kellen has literally done everything that you have done. Like, he he's played yeah. quarterback in college at a very very high level, won a ton of football games, then Including went to the NFL the one against Oregon, right? Justin that, mentioned. That, yeah, yeah like that, that Justin, very much that Justin Herbert definitely mentioned. Uh, Kellen, yeah, and
0: Justin Herbert probably like hated Kellen more, actually. If we're being <laughs> honest.
1: He said, unfortunately, he had a lot of success against the Oregon Ducks. I grew up watching him play. When it comes to pressure, when it comes to footwork, the pocket, he's got a great feel for that. He's kind of able to describe what he wants. Being able to work with that, I think, has been huge. So, yeah, that's that other aspect of being a teacher, um, especially of football, at that quarterback position is – Kellen Moore has done it at, at every yeah. level, and now he is teaching it and has had success teaching it and orchestrating an offense at the NFL level. So I think that connection, um, just being able to say, hey, you played that position, I've played that position, we understand how each other talks, we understand how each other thinks, I think that's going to allow them to collaborate and work better together to be able to come up with an offense that is going to be conducive for positive plays and that Justin Herbert can get quickly and go out there and be aggressive
0: yeah and that continues to be a theme right everyone who talks about the offense keeps talking about this aggressiveness but he says i think there's a part of playing quarterback that you kind of have to go through it to understand yeah joe lombardi wasn't a quarterback right he was a tight end at air force so like that wasn't his background this is a dude not only that played quarterback but was like kind of the justin herbert of college football for a little while right like where he was like the goat in lost 50 and three record yeah and his entire collegiate career so like That is huge. Like, I mean, I do think that's nice. But, you know, not all good coordinators or offensive minds are quarterbacks either. Look at Andy Reid. Look at Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, whoever you want to throw in there. I mean, most of those guys are not quarterbacks. So they, you know, we're going from a different perspective. It can go either way, but I definitely see how that's something that could help Justin Herbert and really maybe help mend that, you know, or just make that bond between those two guys. But I do want to talk about Austin Eckler because he's back. Still seems a little unhappy, right? Not the same kind of energy, which is a bummer from Austin Eckler, but he has all the incentive to go out there and play great, so I'm not worried about it. But it was interesting to hear his comments, and also Mike Williams' comments for the first time since that Week 18 injury playing in a game that he really should have never played in. So we're going to be getting into that coming up right after this. I do need to tell you guys first, though, about my favorite shorts in the world right now. And, of course, I'm talking about bird dogs. And the thing about bird dogs is they look great. And that's the big thing, right? I I get to wear them out. My wife lets me wear them to pretty much any occasion. I also took them golfing, which was awesome because they are great golf shorts, moisture wicking. They don't get all sticky. They're very, very flexible and stretchy. And they're just so, so comfortable. And they also have a built-in liner that really changes the whole underwear game thing. But bird dog stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look. And bird dogs do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I know my wife had some Lululemon. I was like, "Ah, you know, I have bird dogs now. I'm not really worrying about it. And they have that anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And you can wear them out to golf you can wear them to pretty much any occasion and they look good while you're doing it as well. You don't want those boxy shorts that are going to make you look like a Lego person. Get something that looks good and is also comfortable as well. And go to birddogs.com slash NFL to enter the promo code lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. All right, well, let's get into some more comments that we got from Chargers mandatory minicamp this week, including the first time we've heard from Austin Eckler through the Chargers, right? Because he definitely did a little media tour, and we got to find out how he felt about a lot of things, right? And I think it angered Chargers fans, and I think the hard thing with a situation like the one he's in is both people can be right, both sides can be right when it comes to something like this, but it doesn't make it any less sticky. It doesn't make it feel any less personal, you know, when someone like him is trying to get a contract or trying to get a raise that he has so deserved, right, over the yeah. last couple of years doing what he's been able to do at this level. But it was interesting, David. I know some people took exception to kind of the way he was talking about everything that played out in the offseason.
1: Yeah, and I, and I can understand it, too. I, I mean, I, I do understand it, but you, you got to think about it from both sides of the token here. I mean, Austin Eckler is going into his age 29 season. He has put a ton of miles on his body. He has, plays a very physical position that gets hit a lot. And so for him, um, considering the fact that, like you just said, he has grossly overperformed in the last two seasons, Um, he feels like he deserves to get more money and, you know, to the Chargers credit, you know, they respectfully allowed him to go out there and go look for that opportunity that did not come to fruition. And Austin Eckler said this, I thought it would be amazing if we could get someone who would wanting to lock us down for some more value referring to a potential trade partner. I understand the situation would put someone in though, giving up draft picks and having to renegotiate a contract. That's pretty big. I was absolutely optimistic, like, okay, let's find something, let's get a deal done. It didn't end up happening. No hard feelings come back. Still have an opportunity here to go out there and show what I can do. And, you know, for those people who, who think that Austin Eckler would, would come back and not try his hardest, that's just not how he, that guy is wired. And also he would be doing himself a disservice if he came back and did not try as hard as he can because he's a free agent after the season. Yeah. So he wants to go out there and put another monster season out there so he can maximize his chances of getting the contract that he wants.
0: Yeah, and I, and it, the thing that sucks is that like even if he puts up the same season, right? Like the Chargers yeah. could still franchise tag him, right? Yeah, I mean, sure that is can. Still an option, but it, it would still be hard even if he puts up the same season to get the money he's asking for because we're just not seeing guys. Marcus just kind not of money. there. It's not there right now, and it was interesting. I think to hear him talk about being back the way he talked about it, and I think this is yeah. the part that actually frustrated people. I'm saying I understand that I have one more obligation here. One more year that I'm obligated to be here. I wanted to go poke around and see if there was any other value. If not, come back, have my last year, like I said before, do what I can do here. So I get that. It feels like he's obligated to be here. He is, right? That is what it is. And of course he wished he could have went and got more money. And like That's said, why he but, had
1: no that's why he had no leverage,
0: Daniel. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, and that yeah. he said exactly what we talked about. Finding a team that was not only going to give him that money, but also trade draft compensation for him was always going to be steep. And that's why we yeah. never really sweated him actually getting traded or thought it nah. would actually ever happen. No. But I understand his frustration. And he also talked sure. about really I think what set it off was that what hurt him being able to get that contract is the fact that the other top guys at his position didn't they get paid. Brad. They yeah. all got franchise tag. Yeah. Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. If one of those guys yeah. signs a three-year, right. fifteen million-dollar deal, that Austin changes Edgar everything. Has the framework. Yeah, you can say this is what I'm worth. I'm doing things these guys aren't doing, or I should be right under that at the very least, right? Yeah. He didn't get that. All the the highest contract that was signed was Miles Sanders, right? And that was basically his identical contract, five million.
1: Yeah, that's to what right Apple, now.
0: Right. So yeah. I think that's the other thing that plays into the frustration is just not just his situation with the Chargers, but the running back situation as a whole, and those other guys not getting paid to help him get that contract kind of foundation set. I think that's an excellent
1: point that you bring up there. I mean, cause that is a definitely part of this equation. I, I mean, and, and it is frustrating and as all things that are not in your control, right? I mean, I think that's, those are the things that, that make you the maddest or the most upset is things that you cannot, you can't, all you can't alter the impact or the outcome of those type of situations. Yeah. So, you know, Austin Eckler did everything that he possibly could do to try to get as much money as he could. And, Unfortunately for him, it did not end up in the situation that he wanted. Nobody was going to give him that contract. Nobody was going to give him that contract and pair it with that draft compensation. So yeah. they have to come back to the table. And, and basically, you know, Austin Eckler said, Hey, I, I mean, I wasn't really like my, me and my team. were not even really thinking about incentives. Like we came to the table looking for an extension. That's of what course. we wanted, but they came to a resolution. They came to a compromise. They said, "Hey Austin, you know we want to give you an opportunity to, you know, make a little bit more money to sweeten this pot a little bit." And uh, like Austin said, he said, "I've betted on myself my entire life, so I am more than happy to do that again." And these are all incentives that are just in line with his recent production, so should be stuff that he should be able to get no problem.
0: Well, we'll see, right? He's in a different yeah, offense, right? Yeah, definitely more offensive weapons potentially, especially with healthy Keenan now and Mike Williams back in the yeah. mix. It's probably going to be a lot harder to hit those numbers this year. But, I mean, that was something that got him basically to be here. He probably holds out in training camp if he doesn't get those incentives. It was at least oh, yeah. an act of goodwill. But he seems like he's training like he's not going to be back. And I think that's just the bummer. It's just like you think of Austin Eckhart, you think of him being all in, all about the team, all the time. Yeah. And yeah. this is the ugly side of the business. And, and it sucks to have him seemingly at least a small damper on that energy that he had before to me. To me, kinda, but kinda. we have other things to get into, including Mike <laughs> Williams talking about the, for the first time, another very frustrating thing, which was him getting hurt in week 18 in a game that didn't have any impact on the Chargers playoff standings. But it seems like, I mean, I'm taking him for his word. It didn't seem like there was any kind of tone that would make me feel differently that he understood it and that he doesn't really hold any hard feelings towards the organization for getting her in a dumb game.
1: Yeah, so we we get transcripts right of all the press conferences so we're able to read everything but th- this is one of those things you kind of wanted to listen to you wanted to hear the response but yeah it- He was, he was very matter of fact, very business. Like He said, for me, I understand, I understood why he wanted us to play. We had a lot of momentum going into that game. You wanted to keep that momentum going. Coach Steele is our leader. We believe in him. We will go with whatever he wants us to do. And, and like I said, it's hard to not believe that's exactly how he felt. And, you know, he went on to say like, Hey, we get paid to play football, that this is our job. We were asked to go do that. We did that. So that's what happened.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, in that part of it, right. That that was the thing where you could take it the wrong way if you're just reading it. Not really. The coach wanted us to play, so that's what we had to do. That's yeah. what we get paid to do to play football. That makes it seem like okay, you went out there because you had to, not necessarily because you agree with it. But right. when he says he understands, that I, I, I take him for his word at that point. Problem is, is it was still a stupid decision. I I stand oh, yeah. by that for forever. It doesn't feel like he's holding a grudge, but it doesn't mean that the Chargers should Chargers should have played their starters in that game or played them nearly as long as they did. He got hurt, and they lost anyways, right? Yeah. They did have some nice op- offensive momentum getting onto that huge lead. Didn't help them. They lost the game anyways. And I think it's a defining moment though for Brandon Staley how players react to a decision like that. So yeah, as far as the culture and the balance of things, even if you hate the decision, you have to hope that things aren't fractured in that locker room. Yeah, I think this is something you know that would go towards hey everything's okay. They get it. If the situation comes around again, even if Brandon Staley says he wouldn't have changed his mind, I have a hard time believing that something isn't coming from the top down saying, hey, get these guys the amp out of there. Because obviously you saw the worst case scenario. You saw why you don't do it. And there is positive momentum you can get from playing your starters. To me, as I've said always, it just doesn't outweigh what could happen. and And that's all it is, right? Like you weigh the cost and the benefit, you know, the benefit of it and the risk of it. And you saw what the risk is. And ultimately, it could have really caused a playoff exit. We never knew how that game would have went. But hard to imagine, you know, when you lose as closely as the Chargers did and you have as bad of a second half that one big Mike Williams play couldn't have kind of changed the complexion of that game. But we do have actual news coming out of this week's minicamp, including Derwin James making the play on the offseason. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. But the defense striking back after a big offensive day. The defense was pushing back and all the big stars in that secondary We're out there making plays. So we are going to get into that for you guys coming up right after this. All right, David. It's always nice to have people like Daniel Popper out at these camps with the Athletic and Eric Smith and everyone who's been out there kind of cataloging everything that's gone on. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all of them doing it because we are there. Right. And so we only get little tidbits of everything. But it was nice to see that, you know, it has been kind of a back and forth. You know, offense and defense kind of camp so far where yep. one team does good and the other side does good, right? And this, on the last practice on Thursday, seemed like, on Wednesday, seemed like the last time, or the defense getting back from what the offense did do them on Tuesday, right? Led by yeah. Derwin James, making a play that you guys actually probably saw. The Chargers put it down on their social media. An insane one-handed interception covering the Chargers, you know, most accolade ride receiver, Keenan Allen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is from Daniel Popper of The Athletic. He said, then came perhaps the best play of the spring so far, at least uh, of uh, of the practices open to the media. Herbert unleashed a go ball to Allen deep down the left sideline. Derwin James was in coverage. Both players jumped for the ball. James was in front of Allen. James reached with his right hand, snatching the ball with one hand and ripping it away from Allen. It was an outrageous interception and further proof that James is truly one of the special defensive players in the league. And and no truer words have ever been spoken there. I mean, Derwin James is a guy that can lock down any of your best offensive weapons, and he's doing he's showcasing that again, being able to do that to Keenan Allen, who's amazing. Yeah. And it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the interception that he had against DeAndre Hopkins, and, and uh, on that fourth that fourth down play against yeah. the Cardinals, and that was a spectacular interception. But it was kind of in, in that elk a little yeah. bit, but. Man, it's great to it's great to hear and great to see those type of plays, and it just reminds you of how special Derwin James is, and like how many like really good defensive players the Chargers actually have, man. Sure. And that's what it it really just makes you want to see all these guys get on the field and play together. Just I want to see the. Joey Bosa and the Khalil Mack on the the front end getting out to the quarterback with Derwin James and J.C. Jackson and Michael Davis on the back end making those big, great interception-type plays because that's the whole blueprint. That's how they want the movie to look. Derwin James making that play is just another reminder what they are capable of.
0: And he was one of many, right? He he broke up a deep ball. You also had deep balls broken up, according to Daniel Popper, by Michael Davis, Mm -hmm. by Asante Samo Jr., By Jasir Taylor, J.C. Jackson An interception from Mark
1: Webb Jr., which
0: is awesome. But this is another angle I thought about it, David. What if the Chargers have been so bad, at least in part on deep balls and broken plays, things like that, because Joe Lombardi's offense wasn't testing those parts of the field enough during years prior in training camp and things like that. Because what I see in this is on Tuesday, those guys weren't ready for all the deep balls they went up against. On Wednesday, they were. Right. Yeah. And, and I do think there's something to that when Justin Herbert pushing things, being more aggressive is these players on the back end where last year we saw so many dumb pass interference calls, right? Yes. Guys being out of place, guys getting spun around. They're getting tested right now and they're getting tested deep and they're getting tested on how they're going to react in the deep part of the field. And I do think that is kind of a hidden benefit to having Kellen Moore's offense that they're going up against now.
1: I agree. I think that's a great point, too. I mean, just having Justin Herbert, it's, it's great for everybody. I mean, Justin Herbert yeah. slings it down the field. Like Daniel Popper said, he David gets wants to,
0: to say his iron sharpens iron.
1: <laughs> I am not going to say it. I, I will not say it. But it is nice to see that you have your offense performing well, and then you have your defense able to punch back and they're able to make some plays. Because like Daniel Popper said, you don't want it to be lopsided
0: one way well, or the other. Well, Sebastian Joseph Day said it. Right? Yeah, Sebastian exactly. Joseph Day said, it. hey, we don't get down because it's like you don't want one side of being all good all the time. Even though I'm a defender, I don't want the defense winning all these battles. What does that say about our team?
1: Exactly. So the fact that they're going back and forth, I think, is a really good sign. That's what you want. That is the mark of a good football team, not just one good side of the ball.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Derwin James, we know what he's going to bring to the table. But the problem for the Chargers defense is, is there's another safety that's going to be on the field with them, and we don't necessarily know what they're going to get out of that spot. But one of the big things that Brandon Staley was asked about this week was JT Woods, the second-year safety from Baylor, the guy who was picked in the third round by the Chargers and led the, college, led the country in interceptions his last season in college, has all the tools. But Brandon Staley wasn't quite ready to... I think give him the benefit of the doubt yet, yeah, David. Brandstead, we didn't seem like he was ready to buy all the way in on JT Woods until the Chargers get the pads on.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's 100% correct. He said, you know, you want a complete safety out there. You want a guy that can run the show, has full command. You want a guy that's going to be really good with the key key diagnose, somebody that can trigger in the run game, someone, someone that can show you some, uh, some range in the passing game. But he, he gave these compliments and he, sh- he talked about all the things that JT Woods did well. But And he also talked about how he did a good job of improving his body and getting his yeah. body a little bit closer to where they expect him to be. But the true test is when those pads come on and yeah. he's going to be able to show that he's going to be able to tackle and get, get these offensive if, players yeah. on the ground. That has always been the you know big issue with JT Woods in his game. We've talked a lot about the, the ball skills, but the ball skills don't count and they don't matter if you cannot be trusted to be that last line of defense defender. That is part of his job as a deep safety.
0: And the body part is why that's so important, right? It's it's nice to hear that because he said, hey, he's worked really hard in his body in terms of getting to the right weight that you need to play at in order to get these good players that you have to tackle and get them on the ground. Yeah. That's an important part of it. And he said, I think the preseason is going to be really big for him. It's going to be gigantic. He's one Huge. of the worst tackling charges I've ever seen at this point. Point blank. Very period. bad. Yeah. That, that's just where he is right now. Does that mean he can't get better? Absolutely not. Absolutely but not. What it does yeah. mean is we have to see it. Brandon Staley is echoing that sentiment. Problem is, is Brandon Staley doesn't really have any other options, right? We'd like yeah. to say Mark Mark Webb making plays, right? But he's been injured each of the first two seasons in the league. Right. We'd like to know that Alohi Gilman is going to be playing solid, but we don't know that yet. because Yeah. We just have to wait and see it because it has been an incredibly small sample size with him since he took over for Nazir Adderley late last season. Yeah. But it was nice hearing from a lot of, the, you know, Chargers players and even Brandon Staley talking about Alohi Gilman a little bit. But he's been making plays. Daniel Popper yeah. has been, you know, out at all of these practices that are open to the media. And this week he had a stop on fourth and goal against Donald Barham. he had a pass breakup on Tuesday. And then last week he had a third down pass breakup against Keenan Allen. Like this dude is out here making plays, David, and I think that is kind of one of the low key big winning things for the Chargers during these mandatory minicamps and the OTAs.
1: It is. It's it's great. It's great to hear because. There's a lot of uncertainty with that position group. I mean, you just don't know because those guys behind Derwin James just haven't played a lot of football. But speaking of Derwin James, he is very high on low. He says a lot of confidence and low. He's a guy that's consistent. Everyone out here counts on him. Everyone knows he's going to be where he needs to be. He's getting better. He's making calls. He's confident. It's exciting to be out here. It's a lot of fun, a lot of energy to be out there, honestly. So to hear that from one of the leaders of your football team, that's what you want, especially going
0: into the offseason,
1: preparing for training camp.
0: You're only as strong as your weakest league, man. That that's it. Like you, you can't have obvious deficiencies because, as we've seen since Brandon Staley's taken over, just having the stars isn't enough. No. Just having stars isn't enough if the you know your ninth, tenth, and eleventh defenders are out of place, aren't up to speed, aren't physical enough, can't tackle. Those will doom you every time. In half yep. since Brandon Staley has taken over, and I think that's what we're going to talk about next week. I mean, it's time for the Brandon Staley defense to, you know. Stand up or shut up, right? Yeah, All guys,
1: yeah put up or shut up.
0: Put that's up or shut is. up. There it is. I mean, because, like, that's something we haven't talked about a lot, but I think definitely something we could get to because, hey, man, you've got a lot, ton of free agents. The hype has been there. The results have not been for Brandon Staley's yeah. defense. So, I may mean, that's something we'll get into next week, including also trying to get some guests lined up for you guys next week and getting you guys involved with some more fan mail stuff last or next week since this was our last week of having actual practices and things but thank you guys as always for checking out the show today we always appreciate you making us your first listen part of the locked on podcast network we appreciate you guys you know being here for us always and also to make sure you never miss the show go subscribe to the locked on Chargers youtube channel follow or subscribe for free and listen wherever you get your podcast from as well as following us on all of our social media to make sure you don't miss the show that way you can follow us on twitter at locked on lac you can follow us on instagram at locked on chargers and on our locked on chargers facebook page you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Jorgenmeyer on Twitter at SD. When we get in those fan mail shows, you will know his DMs are always open. But thank you guys so much for checking us out this week. It's a lot of fun talking about stuff happening on the field at Chargers minicamp, getting us excited for the season for sure. But we will have great content for you guys as always next week as well because this is the only daily Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But we will be back with you guys on Monday as always. But until then, guys, take it easy. And go Bolts.